Welcome to We Got Balls, real, raw, masculine sex talk with Chris Inman and Scott Cohn. Chris and Scott both work with men who want to leave their unwanted sexual struggles in the past. They are willing to do whatever it takes to help men get curious about what drives their compulsive sexual behavior. With that said, here we go. Hey guys, welcome back to We Got Balls, and today we're talking about the gluck gluck. If you never heard of the gluck gluck or giving head or going down or doing the gobble gobble, or if you're very precise fellatio, you know, we're talking about blowjobs. <laughs> That's why we're here. I mean, we're, we're, we're talking about this and we were just going over some data and finding out that ironically in the data, there's not a lot of searches for blowjobs. And we got to talking about why. And it's because in every single one of the porn videos that we've watched in the past, there have been that that blowjobs has been kind of par for the course it's part of the process in the sexual experience and there's so many aspects to this that we want to get to so we're just going to dive right in scott when you hear blowjob what are the things that come to the top of the head i see what you did there <laughs> Ooh, sneaky well um i'm taken back to middle school and that's when blowjobs entered my consciousness. Wow. And as it just so happens to be, that's when blowjobs start to show up in people's experiences in life. Yeah, for sure. Right? Because it's one of the easier. And thanks to Bill Clinton, blowjobs are not sex. So no, that's right. It's in the zeitgeist because of the Clinton scandal. For sure. <laughs> and and so, you know, uh, kids have this, um, I, I think, when you're, when you're kind of maturing sexually and you're mm -hmm. experimenting, this becomes a safe way to be sexual without it. You don't have to own up to the fact that it's actually sexual. I think it's actually right. more intimate to put your mouth on a penis or have somebody put their mouth on your penis than it probably is to have intercourse. Absolutely. But, Absolutely. but um, it, it has that perceived lack of intimacy. Just, you know, it's a, it's a mouth version of a hand job. Let's put it that way. Yeah. And a hand job is just masturbation with somebody else's hand. Yeah. So, so I mean, there's all kind of ways to get around this. I think when we think about this category and there's a whole uh, bunch of different ways to get um, non-penetrative stimulation. I mean, we've talked, we talked about hand jobs, blow jobs, foot jobs. We haven't even done the feet episode yet. That's, that's going to come at some point is that you, you, we have this experience of, okay, here's a way to feel connective, and I'll put this in there, that's not dangerous from a sexual perspective. So, for example, um, it is less likely to get an STD from a blowjob. Less likely. It is, it is still possible, but it's less likely. Actually, there is an epidemic of uh, throat and mouth cancer with young right. men. Right. I didn't say... I didn't say HPV because HPV is ubiquitous, but you're not, we're talking about genital, genital uh, herpes. We're talking about gonorrhea. We're talking about syphilis. We're talking about all these, uh, we're talking about HIV, all these other things less likely. It's also impossible despite the, uh, the fears of many girls, many young girls to get pregnant from giving a blowjob. Yeah. It's not possible. Yeah. So you take that whole uh, pregnancy thing off the table. So it's kind of safe sex. It's seen as as that. It can be in some people's minds. Yeah. Um, when I think about blowjobs, what comes to mind immediately is not just middle school, but guys like to get them and girls don't like to give them. Oh, that's true. So 
Well, as, as, as is true, I think, you know, it's a minority of women who love the sight of a penis and sticking a penis in your mouth, like you said, is a very vulnerable place. And we may get to this a little bit later, but there is a power dynamic in giving a blowjob and receiving a blowjob. Yeah. So, um, I, I just wanted to correct that there is a lot of searching going on for blowjobs. They're just not one of the videos. Like there's not standalone videos that get watched in proportion to rank up in the top categories of the viewed gotcha. category. But it's an act that everybody's looking for. So it's a top yeah. searched for. Um, it's a top searched term globally. It's a top searched term. In the United States, if you look in the gay category, it's a top search term. So um, in, in Pornhub's annual review, blowjobs are popular. They're just not the main entree. So I think it goes right. back to. Oh, we're talking about hors d'oeuvres and appetizers is what we're talking about. Yeah. We're talking about the, pre, the, the, the first course. So what's the sequence of events in porn? We were talking about that before we started recording. I thought. That yeah. So if you're in a straight porn video, typically this is how it goes. You have your, you have your drama, you know, what little dialogue and uh, dynamic setup is there. Is it the front end of a video? You know, the, the, the housekeepers coming over to the house. The cable guy is here to repair. Yeah. The cable guy, the plumber, it's really more plumbers. These, yeah, uh, plumber. and, and I'm going to plumber. plumbers here to do that. And so they're there, they're doing their thing and there's this setup and there, then there's this encounter between two people, three people, four people, whatever it is to set up this tension situation. And in that tension is kind of the, the erotic part of the video and then you have the unveiling. You have someone who makes a pass or suggests that we they do this or the clothes begin to come off. And typically, that as, as the clothes come off, the sensualness is kind of uh, ratcheted up. But in, in straight porn, usually the very first act that's there is the woman going down on the man. And there is a scene or series of scenes of her pleasing him, her making sure that his penis is erect and hard and ready to go. And so that's kind of the, uh, in porn language, that's the fluffing scene to make sure that this is, this is going to happen. And then there's scenes of positions and occasionally the man will go down on the woman, not universally, but there'll be different positions. Sometimes the woman will perform another blowjob on the man. Uh, and then there's more positions and then there's the, it, uh, the, uh, the, the cum shot, the ejaculation, which is usually off a blowjob again, or, uh, in some dynamic of stimulating the penis directly. So this is the, the blowjob is a central character in porn scripts. And the, porn, and the cum shot is a central, even in straight pornography is what you're saying too. The, the, yeah. Okay. So in gay porn, I think it's a little different because um, not, you know, the, the statistics on anal sex, for example, in the gay community, like there's only 15% of men that actually engage in anal sex. So mm -hmm. blowjobs are the main course for, okay. for gay sex scenes primarily and, and the way that most guys have sex with each other. So, um, you know, that can be done one guy servicing the other, or it can be done 69, whatever. So, but usually that's, that's the main course or masturbating mm -hmm. together. Those are the, those are the more popular forms of behavior. I've never seen anybody do an analysis of, you know, of the number of pornographic uh, movies that are produced, how many of them contain 
blowjobs, but I, I bet the number is close to 100. Oh, it's it's got to be in the 90s because I, it's very rare. The only exception would be in the in the scene is if it's a very short scene. Sometimes they take out the blowjob for, for editing sake, and they go straight from the nudity, the seduction, to the sex. But that would be the only reason why. And, and of course, there's probably in all those scenes, those were longer scenes that were cut down to fit into a block on a on a tube site. So, I mean, blowjobs, I think, are for most people uh, a central part of the sexual experience. And I think the question is, why? What What is the appeal of seeing someone of experiencing the oral sex dynamic? So, um this is interesting, but it goes back, I think, a long, long time. I don't think, I don't think blowjob just came of age in the seventies with the sexual revolution and pornography. It's, it's, it's not a, it's not a hippie thing. Well, you know, it was a here, thing, here's the you interesting, know? I have studied this a little bit, so I can talk about this, but yeah. blowjobs really became popularized in the United States, at least part of the main cultural discussion with the movie Deep Throat. Okay, so in the 70s, early 70s. So let's talk about that because a lot of our viewers won't even be familiar with that. But Deep Throat was a professional pornographic movie. You'd you'd have to go to an X-rated movie theater to see it. But it no, became, no, no. It was showing in regular theaters. Oh, what, that was okay, the so early, that, oh, that, yeah. that may be part yeah. of the cultural changes. Yeah. Yep. It's the first pornographic film then that was ever shown in main distribution. Yep. yep. So the premise of the film is... It starred two principal actors, Harry Reams and Linda Lovelace. Linda Lovelace, uh, it's, and the scenario is she's going to a doctor's office. She can't orgasm during sex. And lo and behold, the doctor discovers, well, the reason you can't orgasm during intercourse is because you have a clitoris in your mouth. And so the back of your throat, the, the back of her throat. Yeah. So the whole film centers around then her uh, giving blowjobs and Harry Reams, who had a very large penis, became a a cultural sensation because of this. Interestingly enough, Harry Reams became a Christian, and I think he just passed away a couple of years ago, but he attended mm-hmm. the church that my cousin goes to in Park City. <laughs> Interesting. And he would preach sermons, and when, when, when the pastor was on vacation, the pastor would always say, no movies, Harry. <laughs> so, <laughs> so um, but, but both Harry Reams was a national celebrity and Linda Lovelace as well as a result of that movie. Yeah. It came out after the fact in Linda Lovelace's um, autobiography that she had been sexually abused yes. growing up as a girl. She was physically and sexually abused by her husband and was yes. performing in pornography against her will. Yes. So yes. the most famous pornographic film probably in American history was really driven around a lot of abuse. Um, All right. So we got to, we got to pull over right here because I think we could easily go in a number of directions. There's plenty of people who enjoy blowjobs as a normal, natural part of their sexual experience. That is absolutely the case. We've talked about it. Um, we, we don't want to shame or demonize this as an always abusive dynamic. What we're talking about is how blowjobs are depicted on screen. And what is the objectification of them, the eroticization of them in a way that may not be as helpful or healthy and what that's really saying about our own experience. So here's the point that I was starting to make before I got sidetracked in the deep throat discussion, which was, I think you find oral sex, both blowjobs and cunnilingus, which is performing oral sex on a woman for a man in the Song of Solomon. 
Okay. Okay. So, so Song of Solomon in the Bible. You heard it here first. There we go. Song of Solomon, written, uh, you know, over two thousand years ago by uh, ostensibly Solomon, the the uh, third king of Israel, and it's a love. It's an erotic love poem, and in the poem, which envisions this um, engaged couple kind of sex playing with each other before yep. they're actually married. There's yep. a lot of discussions about my beloved grazes among the lilies. Wh mm. What is that? That's a Hebrew metaphor for my my male partner performs oral sex on me because yep. a woman's vulva looks like a lily. If you look at a lily, it looks like a vagina. Yep. And so when she's talking about him grazing among the lilies, she's talking about him going down on her. When yep. G says, I love to sit under my beloved's tree, his trunk, mm -hmm. and take his fruit in my mouth. Um, an ancient metaphor for testicles was fruit or apples mm -hmm. or nuts. Mm -hmm. It's still mm -hmm. a metaphor. And yep. so she's talking about actually sitting under his erect penis and taking his scrotum in her mouth. Teabagging. <laughs> so, Yikes. Right. <laughs> so, so what do you see in the, in the, in the Song of Solomon overall is two yep. people that are delighting yep. in the sexual pleasure that they will enjoy together outdoors, by the way, in their vineyard. And mm -hmm. it's, it's a, it's a recapitulation of the story in Genesis where Adam and Eve are naked and unashamed. And I think it's a really, it plays a very important and beautiful role in kind of the history of scripture and God's kind of unfolding of the purpose of sex is even after the fall, in the middle of the Bible, here's this erotic love poem that says, this is still good. This is still something you can enjoy. And oral right. sex is right there in that. So there is there is a delightful, I think, really tender, really um, beautiful aspect of oral sex. And in blowjobs in particular, I have this theory, you may think I'm a whack job for it, but we are born coming into the world and taking nurture and comfort through our mother's breast. Mm. We suck on a nipple and white stuff comes out and feeds us and makes us feel connected and close and bonded. And when you think about oral sex, a penis is just a really big nipple that you can suck on and <laughs> white stuff comes out of it too. So, I, yeah, I we're going to put that in the uh, hyp hypothetical category. <laughs> I, listen, I think there's some psychological merit for this. Uh, sometimes a cigar is not just a cigar, Sigma Freud said. <laughs> no, sometimes a cigar. And, and Bill Clinton said. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think there is a real yeah. comforting, tender, loving aspect to incorporating oral sex in foreplay or however you want to use it in a married, in a married couple's life. But that's not typically how it's portrayed in pornography. Right. So I want to take this and split it into two parts um, because I think, and we may have to do a deep dive on one or the other at a later time, but typically there's the normal uh, mutual and affectionate kind blowjob there. It's the, the one partner is pleasing the male partner uh, with uh, kissing and sucking and, and all the things that are stimulating the head of the penis, which is where all the nerve endings are. And they're, they're touching the body and stroking the testicles and all these things that are there. And there's not, it's, it's just a, 
what we would call a vanilla blowjob. And then there's the rough sex blowjob. There's the gagging. There's the choking. There's the there's the uh, gaping, the head there's, up and down, yeah, forcing yeah. the head it, down. Exactly. And so I think we have to look at the two separately because one is one dynamic and one is another very different dynamic. And I think what you see most in the porn is the rough, the aggressive, yep. 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 the dominant form. So let's talk about that. So okay. you brought up in the beginning that a lot of the scenarios around this are domination. So, sure. so again, when we talk about sexual fantasy and what's arousing to us, how does blowjobs fit into kind of our structure of thinking about what are the uh, cued visual sexual interests? What are the psychological dynamics? What are the narrative elements that combine that make this? I like this is a very arousing behavior for me. So well, the first visually, thing, I got visually, I got uh, penises and faces. Yeah. So you've got and a so face linked up with an erect penis. That is yep. visually going yep. to be attractive to anybody, anybody. Um, second, you've got the psychological dynamics. So we're talking about power dynamics. So mm -hmm. what is a power dynamic in a sexual encounter where one partner is dominant over a passive partner. So you've got well, dominant. Well, and let's look at body language here. Most times the, the phrase is go down on. So in penetrative sex, for the most part, there are positions it's not true, but for the most part, partners are face to face or, or heads are in the same place. There are some exceptions to that. But when we're talking about oral sex, one partner's head must descend to the pelvic region in order to provide oral sex. And so there is a power dynamic in the body position. And as we said in our episode on um, amateur porn, so much is communicated about human connection through the face. So you yes. have the main vehicle by which we communicate delight and affection that is now on a man's genitals sucking them. Yep. So, so, and, uh, and uh, I got, I can't, I can't get away from this. The eyes, the most erotic thing about a blowjob is someone looking up into someone's face while having their penis in their mouth. That is one of those, like, I see you, I'm sucking on you. Oh my gosh. Over, over the moon when it comes to eroticization. And in that particular description of the position, you're kneeling to perform yes. that blowjob, right? Yes, you're submissive. So yes. There's a power dynamic at play just in the way the body language is communicating how those two parties are interaction or interacting together. So why why would that be arousing to you as a man in that kind of more dominant, aggressive kind of style? I think you have to look at, did you feel like growing up that you were always on your knees sucking somebody else's penis? All right. Well, let's. Let's 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 use our categories because they're there. We want to put them in, into work. Is it a uh, reflection? Is it a reversal? Or is it a transformation of what you experienced? What you just described was a reversal, right? It's a reversal, but also you're being transformed. Okay, because yeah. here's what's happening. If I grow up in a very rigid home, let's say my dad is extremely strict and there's no mm -hmm. relational warmth with him and my mom is strict. And so I'm just mm -hmm. used. I'm used by yes. everybody uh, yes. for my parents' benefit. I've got to be the good little church boy. I've got to- The do golden child. Yeah. So yeah. in my sexual fantasies, I'm going to seek to reverse that in a way that makes me feel powerful. Mm. 
So this is one of those ways that in my sexual fantasy, I can receive pleasure and feel powerful at the same time. So that's how I'm transformed. I go from being on my knees, having to suck everybody else's penis to I'm the one that gets sucked. Yeah. Metaphorically speaking, metaphorically in my feelings, I feel like I'm serving everyone else to now I'm being pleasured. I'm someone is serving me and I have the, the arousal, the eroticization of this experience. Now that's, that's a simple repeat and transform experience. But what if you received a lot of physical violence growing up? Yeah. Yep. So then you can see how that physical violence that's been done to you, and Richard Rohr says this, one of the things I do agree that he says is whatever pain we have that we don't transform, we transmit to others. Mm-hmm. And I, I think you see that really clearly in these kinds of aggressive head bobbing, you know, thrusting, just yep. the term is face fucking. Basically, yep. when people are treating another person like that, it's eroticized rage. They're taking yes, out yes. their anger on their partner, but it's not anger at their partner. It's anger no. at stuff that's occurred back in their childhood. Anger at the world. It could be anger at God. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It could be angry yeah. at God. It could be angry at my mom and dad. It could be angry yeah. at my coach who sexually abused me. But by God, when I get in a position where somebody else is kneeling before me, I'm going to let them have it. Yep. And that's what's going on there. So, that's where, you know, we, we've talked a lot about in the podcast of how our arousal gets uh, merged or, you know, kind of fused together with sexual shame. Mm. This is an example of arousal being fused with rage, anger. Yes. And, um, and that can, you know, that can, we're not talking about these isolated things. It can have shame with it as well. Sure. But so I think you have to look at what, what are the, um, how do you want to see this portrayed? So that's one of the questions. Like if I find a guy who has just got a blowjob fetish, like I just, I cannot get off unless I'm watching blowjob videos. Um, one particular fella that I've talked to, he has to see a kind of wimpy, um, youngish male bobbing his head up and down in a very muscular, masculine, hairy dude Mm. who is laid back and could care less about this guy. Yeah. And so the dynamics of his story, it turns out really play out in what he has to see. He can't just see simply, this is not about loving gay sex blowjobs. This is about aggressive, almost angry uh, using of another person to get my own personal gratification to the point of where I'm showing a a lot of disgust to the person Mm. that's doing it a lot of humiliation, mm. um, a lot of degradation. I'm degrading mm. another person. And then, you know, the, the kind of the epitome of this or the climax, if you will, is when the guy pulls out and ejaculates on the girl's face yeah. or the guy's face. Well, and that and that face shot, I think, at which was really popularized um, back in the 90s and 2000s, is kind of going out of vogue because even in the porn community. Now there's still a segment that does that and that's what they do, but it's so humiliating and frankly painful to have that experience is that, you know, if you, if you feel like you're only good enough for the the representation of who you are to be smeared with semen 
and to look smart. I mean, there are no, you talked about uh, looking with desire in your face. There's nobody that's got semen on their face that's excited to have semen oh, on their face. Oh, official. <laughs> it's, well, Yay. Ellen Gurley Brown popularized, hey, put semen on your face, ladies, and give blowjobs to your men because it's good It's good for your skin. <laughs> she tried that. that. But, but and, and again, I, I don't, we don't ever want to create more shame for anybody, but we're trying to talk about human dynamics is to say that, that there's, there's pieces to this that really represent something good. And then there's pieces of this that are very dark and nobody wants to talk about, but we're trying to bring the conversation into the, into the world to say, there's a lot of harm here. There's a lot of brokenness here. There's a lot of disconnection here. And so while blowjobs can be a very healthy part of a healthy relationship, they can also be representative in the way that you pursue them and the way that you fantasize about them. They can also be pictures of the stuff in your life that you have not dealt with. So and that, I can tell you in my, in, in my own story, uh, blowjobs have been a complicated dynamic in my own um power dynamic life with my my family my parents how i thought i was and also in my own personal sex life that there's a lot of of um emotional confusion there so i have to be and have been for many years patient and compassionate toward what is it that when i was acting out and i saw this what was going on in me what was i really wanting and really looking for it took me a long time it took me decades to figure out some answers, and I'm still fully not answered that question, some answers to that that piece of my arousal temper. Yeah. So, you know, I've had a complicated relationship with this particular sex act as well. And it goes back to aspects of childhood dynamics, as well as sexual abuse. And so mm. um, if you consider that, you know, um, a third of guys are sexually abused by the time they're 18, primarily by other men. And what I said earlier about gay sex is primarily about blowjobs. Yep. It's very likely that if you're a male and you've experienced sexual abuse at the hands of another male, it's going to involve oral sex. Yep. And, and as most abusers do, they're going to try to arouse you and engage you in the sexual experience before they ask you to do them so that you mm. feel complicit in the act. And so mm. one of the ways in which rage could be really eroticized for a guy is if he's been sexually abused and, and used by another man, when he gets to this particular um, way of being sexual with other people, he's going to look for a way to reverse and transform his experience of humiliation. Mm. So you have to look at both parties involved in uh, oral sex, blowjobs in particular, One's doing something that's going to, exp not, not all the time, we're, we're talking about this dominant form. One's going to be some, yeah. doing something that expresses his harm in a way that over, overpowers the way he's been humiliated. And the yep. other person's going to be reenacting their humiliation. Yep. In, in some respects, again, I will have to reinforce this. There is mutuality. There is pleasure. There is connection in this act, in a, in a committed relationship. And so uh, we're not demonizing blowjobs. But, but this, I think, this was a curious thing with one of yeah. the guys I was dealing with is his desire was to perform oral sex on other guys. And when I get in and here's the thing that's really, really important about kind of decoding your fantasies. It's in the detail. How yes. does yes. the story unfold? 
What's right. the most arousing moment for you? What has to happen? And, 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 and in that point, if that, that thing has to happen, there's that impulse, there's that neediness in those impulses that really mark an addictive compulsive pattern rather than an, an emotionally balanced and truly mutual and caring pattern where I want this, but I don't need it. That's right. I don't have to have it. Yeah. Yeah, it's the demand. I've got to have yes. it. So yes. in this case, in this guy's fantasy, um, he had to perform on the guy, fully clothed himself, mm -hmm. while the guy's mm -hmm. naked, and he gets mm -hmm. up and leaves after the man orgasms. And I'm like, wait a second, you don't you don't get any kind of sexual pleasure out of the experience at all? No. His mm -hmm. pleasure was derived in being humiliated and servicing mm -hmm. this other guy. Mm -hmm. Then he would go home and masturbate. So yeah. that's really curious to me. Like, where does that form? And we trace it back and there's so much humiliation in his relationship with his dad and other men. And he's working that out in his fantasy without ever realizing that. So, yeah. you know, when I hear these, um, when I hear these really aggressive kind of dominant themes in a person's story, it doesn't make me like want to scold. Like you shouldn't do that, that's bad. It yeah, makes me yeah, so yeah. tender for them because I know when a person is going to that extreme to get sexual pleasure, there's a lot of hurt that's being expressed mm. in how they're going about that. And so mm. the, the right attitude, even towards your own heart, if you see these themes in your life, is just just a tenderness and a kindness. Yes. Like, yes. when did this start? Like, when did I, and what am I trying to work out here? And guys, um, I, th I think that's where we, we need to end this is if you feel like blowjobs have to be a part of your life, have to be in your arousal template and you're acting out, have to be in your relationship, like you're incomplete unless you get a blowjob. Uh, now, enjoy them all day long if they're offered freely. But if, you, if it's a demand that you keep asking and, and you keep being refused or you keep being frustrated by, ask that question. What am I really looking for? What does this really mean to me? And I love what Dan Allender said about lust. I think it's so poignant to this particular point. Lust is always two things going on. Lust is a demand that I be filled in a place where I've been empty. Mm. It's also a demand that somebody else pay for my emptiness. Mm. And is that going on in your sexual fantasy dynamic, particularly related yep. to blowjobs? Yep. So if it is, love to talk more to you. You can reach out to Scott or I. Um, see in the, the show notes or the end credits how you can get in touch with us. Uh, we've got some exciting things coming up in the next few months, uh, both virtually and in person. So we'd love to connect with you and, and continue to help you walk this journey out. So, Scott, it's always a pleasure to be with you and the guys here on We Got Balls. You too, Chris. Here's inviting every one of you to be kind and curious about your sexual stories. And you said, we've got balls. You were supposed to say, and so do you. That's all you're supposed to say. That's right. That's all you're supposed to say. Whoever says we got balls, the other person okay. says. Okay, try that again. So you. you missed me. So here we go. Take care. Don't forget to subscribe for more episodes. You can connect with Chris at PornFreeMasculinity.com and with Scott at SuccessfulMen.com.